0: Anxiety is real. I have it and I treat it medically. Anxiety is no respecter of age or persons. Anxiety is not new. It's been around for a long time. I mean, scripture even says anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. That was spoken by the wisest person that ever lived, King Solomon. But there is a type of anxiety in children that we believe exists that can be avoided. And I call it parent projected anxiety. Welcome to the Quarter 3 Podcast. I'm Spencer Breedlove.
1: And I'm Lisa Breedlove. And our mission on this podcast is to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and to ignite your joy.
0: So whether... In marriage, your family, your work, we hope that the things that we talk about here will empower you to live life to the fullest. Yes. But before we dive into this whole idea of parent projected anxiety, um, one of the great joys that I have in my life is being able to take Lisa to school just about every single day. And just about every single day, there is usually something that she has that she wants to rant about. And today um, after church and we're home, she begins to rant about something that our pastor had brought to light. It was nothing that he said that ticked her off or anything. It just reminded her of something that she has a very strong opinion about. And, (laughs) When Lisa has an opinion about something and she wants to go on a rant, um, I'm like, you know what? We need to add this into our mix of the podcast. We need to add a subsection in here called Lisa's Rant. So this is Lisa's Rant. And on this rant, our pastor brought up about coaching young athletes. Mm -hmm. That's how it started. That's how it started. Yes. So. I'm just okay. going to set the ball on the tee and maybe just we let you it, have it.
1: We can make it sound a little better if we say soapbox.
0: No, you it's a I rant. I get up
1: on my soapbox? No, it's a rant. <laughs> and I, I, I do have quite a few, maybe.
0: A few? soap boxes. Soapboxes.
1: Think? Well, okay. You're right. And I understand that about myself, that I do have a lot of strong opinions. Very and I need someone to voice them to. So Spencer is, he said the lucky person, (laughs) because we're in the car a lot together. And then it just comes out. It's on my mind. I see something, I hear something. And yes, then I get on a soapbox and rant. Okay. so Rant away. So, right. The pastor was setting up his sermon and it was just, you know, a real life situation that he threw out there at the beginning to kind of capture our attention. And he said, you know, how many have ever coached in Little League? And he said, you know, the young ones, when your kids start playing and trying out sports or an activity, and you as the parent volunteer and say that you're going to help. How many have done that? So we raised our hands all across the room And he said, okay, he said, I did the same thing. He's got three kids. He helped with them up to a certain point. And he said, you know, when you're coaching those, whatever, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, those younger, not in the organized sports with school yet, he said, what I just remember, he says, it stands out in my mind that before we ever played a game, maybe before the first practice, had ever taken place and you ever even explained anything about the sport or whatever this activity was that they were going to play, they all thought what, Spencer?
0: They were the best.
1: Yes. You could interview any of them. They were number one. And they're one. like, I'm a, we're, we're going to beat that team down. Like We're going to be number one. We're going to be the best in this area. We're going to beat everybody. And they all believe that. And our pastor pointed out, he said, you know, until maybe like the first game or maybe they did win a little bit. But then at some point they met another opponent that took them down a few notches. Mm hmm. And he said maybe it was just even after practice and the coach is explaining something and, you know, they're not getting it. They're falling all over the place. They're not paying attention. And they're like, yeah, maybe I'm not, you know, the greatest of all time, the Mm -hmm. GOAT. And um, they came into it thinking they could shoot three-pointers like Steph Curry or bat and steel bases like Ronald Acuna Jr. or, you know, whatever. They're going to play football like Brady and then they realized that they weren't quite up to that caliber right and i simply said as we're around kids students sports athletics especially you know with your background in fca and and just our own children i said that it's a little different these days because I notice, and this is, it's, it's sad, and it's not all kids, and I love it when, you know, kids and student athletes prove me wrong by not being like this, but it seems to be kind of prevalent throughout our society, and it doesn't really matter what sport or activity that it is they still think they're the greatest and they're you know going to have the shooting shirts and the sleeves and the headbands and the this and the that and you know mimic a lot of these models um or heroes that they have of, of in their sport or field but it seems like if they come to a point now when they lose or you know the opponent is just clearly better than them and put a beat down on them. I notice that more often than not, the kid athletes these days blame. Mm. They play the blame game instead of saying, oh, gee, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And and I always think that's a good thing and what we've coached you know, our athletes, when we've been with them and our own children is that, yeah, realize what you can do better. Learn from these others that maybe have the skill honed a little bit better and, and think of ways you can work on it and ask your coach or go get extra training or go to a camp. But too many times these days, I just see blame Mm -hmm. and they blame the refs. Oh, those are terrible refs. We lost that game because of refs. Or they they blame um, whatever it is that the balls were different or the goals were different. The rim is different or the court or the field, a different size than what I'm used to. All this blame the shot clock didn't work or the scoreboard, somebody keeping score didn't do it right. Or the possession really should have been our possession instead to that team. Like all kinds of blame that I hear instead of, you know, just learn from the loss.
0: Yeah. You got beat. Yeah. Period. And,
1: and the thing again, that we should be teaching our children and our athletes is that I don't care who you are. Somewhere, somebody's going to have a better day than you mm-hmm. and beat you at some point. So learn.
0: And, they, and don't blame.
1: I just can't stand the blame game. I can't stand it. To me, it's cowardly. Mm-hmm. It's very cowardly.
0: Why do you I, think they blame?
1: Um, I think maybe we just haven't taught them as a society that it's
0: okay
1: to lose yeah and not be number one all the time it's ego it's pride
0: it's ego it's pride their egos getting mm-hmm. in the way mm-hmm. their it's ego pride. of thinking i'm the best mm-hmm. those other things get in the way of that and then they cast the blame yeah that's a good rant
1: anyway so teach your kids your children. And if you're a coach, teach your athletes take responsibility and g- learn how to win graciously, without bragging mm-hmm. and being boastful and prideful in that, and getting a big head. Mm-hmm. And learn how to lose graciously too.
0: And you know what? On top of that rant, you yeah. know, I, I I have a little bit of a rant here, and it's those parents that uh-huh. are on the sidelines and they're yelling and screaming at the refs yeah and yeah that's sad too. and i mean they're acting a fool they're acting
1: a fool and they're like grown adults
0: grown adults yeah. yeah it's like something happens it's like mm-hmm. it's like you're not in this game okay maybe your kid but hey it cheer your kid and his team right. on. right i
1: love and, hearing call their names like know these kids call their names and celebrate what they are doing well you know, Instead it's of, way better
0: than. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a whole lot more mature.
1: Well, and that's just it. You know, the kids hear that. So then the kids are like, yeah, those refs, yeah. they were terrible. They didn't like us. Yeah. The school was paying them. <laughs> well, actually, the school does pay them, they mm-hmm. get paid to ref. Yeah.
0: And, oh, and duh. And, and your school pays them when they're at your
1: yeah. place. Yeah. And also, you know, you want to turn around and say, "Hey, how about you put a striped shirt on and get a whistle and see how hard that is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a hard job." So, anyway. yeah,
0: or go coach those kids that think that they're all that.
1: Yeah, well, no, thank you.
0: That's a whole. I'd other rather rant. take
1: kids, yes, that think they can't do anything, and I can teach them. Yeah, you can do something.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, that's a good one.
1: That was my rant
0: for I can't today. Wait to, I can't wait for the next for today.
1: one. You never know. Never know. Never know where it's going to come from.
0: No, that is very true. <laughs> that is very true.
1: Uh, oh, well.
0: Well, let's okay. dive into the whole parent projected anxiety conversation.
1: Yes. You set that up nicely that anxiety is a real thing.
0: It is real. And... Mm-hmm it's not something to be ignored i think Mm-mm. it's something that you need to address but i think that there is something that children have in this world called parent projected anxiety now i haven't looked that up i haven't That's researched scientifically yeah this diagnosis is, this is straight from sp- Spencer's heart and mind, and as I've observed, yes, this thing called anxiety, and uh, and then listening to you and mm-hmm. hear what you uh, have to say about children and what you experience, um, you know, in teaching them, and I think that this is something that is avoidable. I think that parent projected anxiety is avoidable, um, but before we get to that. Um, You know, yes, I did acknowledge that anxiety is real. Anxiety in Mm -hmm. children is real, Yes, and it is not something to be ignored. But I do think that it is something that can be um, avoided in, in some cases. Maybe not all the time, but I do think that it's something that can be avoided specifically in this area of parents who have their own battles with anxiety and how that is projected into yes. the life and in the, into the heart of a child.
1: Yes, that, and, that is what we're talking about.
0: could what, be stopped. That's what we're talking about. Yes. So when we're talking about anxiety, anxiety from a biblical definition, because we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about mm-hmm. this from a biblical worldview, um, anxiety is fear or dread and um when you take a look at the scripture in proverbs 12 verse 25 it scripture is pretty clear that anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down Hmm. that word anxiety means fear or dread Hmm. and the thing about anxiety is the anxiety um is defined it has an unidentifiable threat Mm -hmm. whereas worry Mm -hmm. is something that you can identify the threat anxiety is often very difficult to identify the threat
1: right with worry you could pinpoint and say i'm worried about this specific thing but anxiety is more it could just encompass so many different things and it's this that like you're saying that fear and that dread that just comes over someone and it can be overwhelming.
0: Mm-hmm. So you being mm-hmm. an educator for the last 13 years mm-hmm. of teaching um have you seen parent projected anxiety played out in the lives of your children that you've taught and if so how?
1: Yes, sure. And I, I want to say, I think that, you know, we're talking about this because we're seeing it more and more. I think the day and age in which we live in the year 2024, the things that have happened over the last several years play into um, this rise of anxiety and i think it does we're talking about parent projected anxiety then that means it starts with the adults that are facing this fear and this dread more in their lives at the ages that they are while they're raising children and then their anxiety is then being projected onto their young ones that are then carrying that load as well. So I see it, you know, just a lot of times in in conversations with parents and them just asking, you know, how do I I I am fearful of this and, you know, my kid not making the grades. And and again, I'm in elementary, but you would be surprised at how many are um very um I, I not know where it hung up on, you know, the kid has to have this grade, this letter, this number. The kid has to be the top. Tell me if my kid is the top. Are they behind anyone? Are they and it just a lot of anxiety comes into that. I don't know why, other than maybe parents struggled themselves. With I think what? sometimes parents struggled in school themselves mm. and whether they were bullied or singled out or just had those feelings of inferiority um, or, you know, a, a feeling of I'm, I'm less in this subject or in this class, or I can't really find my place in school or I wasn't a good reader. Or I wasn't good at math um, because of the parent having those feelings they want to keep their child from having those feelings, but many times in in that the right heart of wanting to protect your child from that, they actually create it because of the pendulum swings the other way. Mm. You would be amazed I, and I wish at one point I thought I should have been keeping track of this just because I do love statistics. Um, you'd be amazed at the parents that will tell me, Because I ask parents a couple of different times throughout the year to give me feedback. The beginning of the year, as the kids are coming in, we have parent conferences, then I want feedback. And then sometimes even throughout other times or at the end of the year, you would be amazed that parents, without me asking, just offer up, well, I was bad at math, so my kid's probably going to be bad at math. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a good reader, so my kid's probably not going to, you know, they don't read books because I didn't read books. Mm Mm-hmm you know, when, and I think we can just, we can change that mindset, um, a little bit and, and help our kids instead of projecting that onto them. I mean, again, it's elementary school. So how, how can we even say they're good or bad at anything? They're learning. Mm-hmm. We're learning everything in mm-hmm. elementary school. So I don't think you can pigeonhole and say, well, they're not good at this, but maybe they'll be good at this, but they're terrible at this. Cause I was too. You'd be amazed at the ones that say that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: Yes. It's very interesting. And, and I notice patterns, as I talk to parents and then talk to the kids, the kids mimic what they hear. Mm -hmm. They do. And you can think it's not really doing any harm. You know, when you say, well, don't worry about that. I stunk at that too. But I say it does harm. Mm -hmm. And not that I, I don't think we should lie and say, you know, Fluff things up and be like, well, mom and dad did great at everything. I don't, we're not lying and being delusional. But again, I think we choose our words carefully because the thing is with, in talking about parent projected anxiety, the thing is, especially at the young age that I'm around Mm -hmm. from, you know, kinder to fifth grade, that's kind of where my world is their mind is still developing. Mm-hmm. They don't have the processes and the cognitive skills that we do as adults. Mm-hmm. So the things we can say as adults and weed it out and move on or understand, they can't. But yet we're saying these things and letting these young ears hear this when their mind's not
0: ready, not ready for it. No, not mature enough.
1: No, no.
0: Mm-mm. How do you see that manifested in the life of a child? How do you see that? Like if they're not able to handle it, what are some,
1: it comes out in a lot of ways. It comes out with behavior. It comes out with nervousness and little nuance things that they might do to, to hide the nervousness. Um, yeah.
0: Does it Maybe impact a, their relationships with other kids?
1: Yes. Yes. I would say it does. And and it could be both. It could be this overcompensation kind of like what I, we were saying with the sports that, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm fine. And, a, and, a talking big and Mm -hmm. trying to fake it Mm -hmm. or the other way, we just withdraw Withdraw. and go into this shell. Mm -hmm. And either one is not good and I, you know, it hurts my heart to see either one of those. yeah.
0: Mm. So what advice would you give to parents whose children are living with anxiety.
1: Mm. You know, and again, you really
0: because have to let me let me preface that because there's the parent projected anxiety. Right. But then there are children that have anxiety, sure issues. I yes, mean, we had we had that within
1: our three. With our, yes. Yeah,
0: we had that you know, I don't think it was something that we projected. Um on to right i
1: think all parents would say they try not to so that's the point is bringing this to light and really saying let's think am i projecting my anxiety Mm -hmm. my fears and my dread onto a child by things i say you know but you're asking with maybe just a child that has other anxiety anxiety yes i think there are things that we can still do to help combat that and and it goes with even the parent projected anxiety i think it's our responsibility and privilege that we we walk through life with these kids that we're entrusted with that god gave to us and in walking through life with them with you know, age appropriateness. We teach them how to handle things. We have conversations that are healthy conversations, which means it's it's got to be you know biblical truths that you're sharing with them, not opinions, and not we, we've got to ground them in His Word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But and I think that's what it is that that we we walk through it. We validate.
0: Yeah. I think
1: you know. And then there's a fine line there, though, between validating and saying, you know, child, I understand that this is causing you some anxiety, some fear, or some dread, but not... Coddling to it. Right. And and that's there's where I think sometimes we project because we constantly ask them, Are you are you afraid? Is something bothering you? Mm -hmm. Instead of approaching it, and again, it's just a paradigm shift of tell me, tell me something that you're really looking forward to today. Changing their focus from the things we dread. We we all have things. I, I mean, I do within my day that you know, I really don't want to think about it because maybe there is some dread or fearfulness mm-hmm. in that. So instead changing that mindset to think of the things that I am excited about, the things I can be positive about and celebrate.
0: Yeah. The, a- along those same lines, in, as far as giving advice to parents whose children are living with anxiety, mm-hmm. um, it, don't ignore the fear I think you've got to acknowledge that the fear in the heart of a child is real mm-hmm. it's real to them sure and we need to acknowledge it but we don't need to foster it right we don't need to foster it we need to help them to overcome it mm-hmm. and I remember when when our oldest was dealing with some uh, fear and some anxiety about different things that from an adult standpoint, it was kind of comical, you know, in in some areas,
1: Right, but it was really but bothering it was him, really mm-hmm. something
0: that would bother him. And we would, we would um, consistently revert back to a passage in the scripture mm-hmm. about when I am afraid i will put I will my trust. trust in you mm-hmm. and that was a prayer that king david prayed mm-hmm. you know and so to you know be able to take a prayer that was spoken and prayed by uh, a king is you know that was a big deal
1: and that's it you i'm sorry no go ahead uh, we give them tools
0: yeah give them tools
1: we give them tools um another time and, and even with other students that I've discipled over the years, make it they we've made like on index cards scripture that specifically talks about God's truth and promises of that that speak into overcoming fears. Mm-hmm. And you know, a spirit of fear is not what he gives us, but of love and a power and a sound mind writing those scriptures down and keeping them on a little ring, put them in your backpack. Like We give them tools. We put things up in their room around our house that we can point to that's in front of them, that's before them. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So how can parents avoid projecting their own anxieties on their children?
1: Well, I think the first and biggest thing is that the parent has to be honest. Mm-hmm. That they have some real anxiety themselves, and that they have these feelings of dread mm-hmm. that come over them, and really taking some time to do some, you know, looking inside and thinking, where did this come from? And Calling it by name that I have anxiety and dread about this and making the decision to break that cycle, Mm -hmm. not to pass that. Maybe it was passed on to them. I I do believe that, that sometimes it's this generational thing that has been passed on. But parents now make the decision that you're not going to pass that on to your kids. You're going to do everything you can in your power and with God's help and strength. To not pass it on.
0: And I would also say if anxiety is something that you deal with, uh, get help.
1: Yes. That's what I was going to say. Right. We were going to talk about steps, right? So recognize it and then say, maybe I need to go talk to somebody Mm -hmm. instead of just trying to suppress it and push it down. Because I I think that's what happens. It comes out in ways that maybe we don't even realize and our kids pick it
0: up. Right.
1: Without us meaning, Without to. Us meaning I, to, I definitely do not think that parents go, well, I want to make my child anxious because I'm mm-hmm. anxious. No, no one would do that. That is not a parent's heart. Right. So I don't, I'm not saying that. I think we don't realize we're doing it. Right. And so, yes, recognize it in your own life and get help. Talk to a counselor. There is nothing wrong with that. Actually, It's a shame that we all can't get in Mm -hmm. to see some counselors and have counseling on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and have checkups. It's just healthy to do that. So I think those would be the top two things. Um, And then as things come up with your child, like I said earlier, I think You have to replace those. You have to give them tools. But I think the best thing to do is to replace that fear and dread and those feelings of anxiousness with truth from God's Word. Mm -hmm. So we have to hide His Word in our heart. Mm -hmm. So maybe you need to memorize scripture with your child. Maybe you find one that you're going to recite every night before bed. You're going to let that be the prayer over them.
0: Right. and you know along those lines what you're talking about there is there is hope Ooh. for anxiety this is not yes. something that is you don't have to stay you don't have to stay in it yeah mm. you you can be set free from it um and there is hope and the two things that i would say to the hope part of anxiety is that from a scriptural standpoint from this biblical worldview that you respond to anxiety with prayer Yes, that it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything pray, you know, with prayer Prayer and and supplication supplication, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends Mm -hmm. all understanding Mm -hmm. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So respond to anxiety with prayer. Here's how I do that in terms of my anxiety when I'm dealing with it. Um, I have a morning and an evening, uh, routine Uh morning and an evening, um, rhythm where in the mornings I spend time in God's word and I spend time in prayer Mm -hmm. in the evenings. As I go to bed, I'm usually listening to scripture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or I'm listening to a, um, I'm listening to my calm Not the Calm Out, but the Abide app, Mm -hmm. and the Abide app usually has uh, like a a sleep story uh, about a particular scripture or prayer Mm -hmm. or story in the scripture. Um, And you know, usually for the, as I'm going to sleep, I'm listening to God's word. And the thing that that has done in me is that it brings a certain set, a, a certain stillness to my soul and a calmness to my spirit and uh, peace to my heart when I'm doing that. So I think the response to anxiety is prayer. Um, I also believe that you replace anxiety with trust goes yes. back to that passage I've been I mentioned a minute ago mm-hmm. in Psalm when I am afraid I will trust in you I'll put my trust in you so anxiety fear or dread unidentifiable threat there's fear in the heart what do you do you replace anxiety with trust now that's easier said than done and it mm-hmm. takes time and it takes discipline to build that. But over time, what you'll begin to realize is that as you respond to anxiety with prayer, there's peace that passes all understanding that God gives you. And then when you replace anxiety with trust, the relationship that you have with the father becomes way more uh, dependent and you're not doing life on your own. And you're not trying to resolve this battle and fight this battle on your own and you can do this in the strength and the courage that the father gives you so there is hope for anxiety and when we're talking about parent projected anxiety you can do this very same thing with your children respond to Mm -hmm. their anxiety with prayer and replace their anxiety with trust yes um and help them to put their trust in god help them to lead them in prayer. Um, Now, are there other things that you can do from a medical field? Yes, you Mm -hmm. can do those things, but don't be solely dependent just on that because you're dealing with something that is, um, you're dealing with something that is about your emotional health. It's not just, it's not just a mental thing. This is a holistic Thing that you deal with and if god created you which he did then he has the remediation tools in order to uh remediate the anxiety that exists in our heart hmm. he said it himself yeah. do not be anxious about anything but in everything with prayer and petition present your request to me and guess what? This is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you peace. Not just any peace, but peace that passes all understanding. And then, as we trust in Him, our anxiety is replaced with a great trust and courage and strength to overcome any fear or dread that we may have. So,
1: that's good.
0: That's all I got.
1: Yeah, that was good. And we hope it was encouraging, very much so. I think it's, I think it's something, yeah. I mean, we've dealt with it ourselves, so I think it could reach other people.
0: Well, folks, we do hope that this was an encouraging, uh, co- an encouraging podcast to you, as you've heard us talk about anxiety, how to replace it, how to respond to it. And that if it is something that your children are dealing with, know that, um, we empathize with you, Mm -hmm. we understand and we get it. And if it is something where you are projecting your own anxieties on your children, um, one, don't feel guilty, Mm -hmm. but two, do something about it. Don't just stay there. Um, let's do something about it. Let's get healthy. Let's get healthy and let's help your kids get healthy and uh, know that uh, teachers like lisa love your children very much Mm -hmm. and they want to see them thrive in their in their lives and they want to help you to thrive as well so uh, just know we love you we're grateful for you thank you so much for listening in if you get a minute uh, please leave us a review on wherever you listen to your podcasts and um, also you can connect with us on instagram Uh, or email we'll have those uh, contact links in our show notes as well and And
1: share the podcast with anyone you think might want to join
0: in and listen absolutely and uh remember that two Two are better better than than one
1: one, and a cord of three strands strands is not easily broken